That's We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but also, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, I uh, have long believed that people who are in churches like ours who preach and teach um, bring a message that God wants the church to hear at that time. And I've believed that for a while. But uh, recently that was tested when uh, I was asked to teach uh, tonight. So, um, if you hear something that sounds really good, it probably did not come from me. I picked it up along the way, or it was scripture. Um, I believe that our, for those who don't know me, um, I'm Bill Beaton. Um, I work in the children's ministry with my wife, Sue, and um, also helping Pastor uh, Mike um, in the children's ministry there and some other things. And I've been here at, at Calvary Chapel Crossfields since almost the beginning. But uh, some of you might not have known me because I've been downstairs quite a bit. Um, and um, I received Christ at the age of nine or ten. And um, I, I know that because I raised up my hand to receive Christ. And then I did it a couple more times. Um, and um, grew up in a variety of Baptist churches, attending Sunday school, church, youth group, even Sunday night services. Although I am kind of glad that our church does not have Sunday night services. <laughs> and um, then I went to college for a couple years and I lived as a pagan. And basically did what I wanted to do. I was around good people. I was thankful for that. I could have had some really bad influences, and I didn't. I was my own bad influence. Um, but I had been taught, and I knew the gospel. I knew that I was a Christian. So when the guy from Campus Crusade came and was ex- trying to explain the four spiritual laws when I was in my dorm room trying to roll a joint, I was convicted and convicted mightily. And um, this has bearing on on the scripture in Philippians because uh, God, uh, we're we're called to work out our own salvation, and for me that took a long time. But um, in addition to that, we can um, help other people work out theirs because we're in a community of a church. Uh, and I believe that our church is a safe place where people can learn about Jesus, learn about the gospel, learn to grow as Christians in faith and community. And I'm thankful to be a part of this church. Um, and um, to start out, you have to learn what to work out. Now, I grew up in churches, so I learned along the way through faithful men and women. Um, but um, 
other people came to Christ later in life, like my wife, and she learned through one of these, it's a, a devotional, Growing in Christ. And I was thankful that uh, she was taken through that by her sister, who was an old friend of mine, um, because uh, she really does understand her faith really well, and I learned that early on. Um, it was always a struggle for me, at least for about the first 30 years of my life, um, had consistently reading scripture, um, consistently learning on my own, not just depending on what I'd hear from other people. And um, how can you work something out if you don't really have a good working knowledge of what you're supposed to work on? And if it helps to read scripture, to not just listen on Sunday. Um, I'm glad that we have the daily breads because um, that is, um, I've used that, my wife uses it now, um, other people do. Um, it's good to learn a few, you know, spend time, try to spend it every day. And don't worry about missing a day. I used to feel guilty about that. Now uh, I realize God loves us and he wants us to read for learning, not just an exercise. Um, now when I don't read, I miss it. And um, I've also learned uh, a lot here. In, uh, I haven't been here on Wednesday nights as much, but I have been at the men's Bible study, which is a, a different kind of um, Bible study. There's a lot of talking and questions being asked, a lot of discussion. Uh, um, and it's helped me because it's helped me not only to understand my faith, but also to learn what wasn't true and to, to distinguish that from what, what was. Um, but this verse in Philippians has mostly to do with uh, working out our salvation. And um, that means how we talk to ourselves, how we treat each other, uh, how we treat our family members, how we treat people who aren't in the faith, how we handle conflict. And it's not just a matter of being right. It's a matter of having a right spirit, of treating people with love and respect. And over and over again, Scripture enjoins us to, um, and, and I'll be going through that in the speed round, which will be coming up later. But um, some things are harder to work out, like in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And um, while I take a bullet from my wife, I don't know that I'm going to get the opportunity. So maybe instead, I better put in that laundry that I know is in the basket so that when she comes home, it's not there anymore. And maybe I have to start speaking to her gently. And maybe I have to do some self-sacrifice on my part. Um, Part of working it out is figuring how it works. Um, and sometimes, some scriptures, you do that. Others are very plain. And this is the speed round. <laughs> in Romans, in, in the, the 15th chapter, and you don't have to turn to it, it just says, don't please yourself, but please others. Accept one another, then as Christ accepted you. And in Philippians, a little further on, it says, Do all things without complaining 
or disputing. And in Galatians, it says, don't provoke or envy one another. In James, it says, don't slander one another. And it also says, don't, don't show favoritism. And um, fortunately, there's a lot of positive things that we're asked to do. To be devoted to one another in brotherly love, that's out of Romans also. And in 1 Corinthians, to have equal concern for one another. And in Galatians, to serve one another and to carry each other's burdens. In Ephesians, to be kind and compassionate to one another. And in Colossians, to forgive whatever grievances you might have against one another. And that makes me think of the parable that Jesus taught where you had one person who had this huge financial debt and was forgiven. And then he went to his co-worker and tossed him in jail, into jail for just a small debt. Well, I had a big debt that was forgiven. And uh, I know that I have to in turn forgive other people no matter how difficult it might be. And we're to encourage one another and to offer hospitality to one another and to clothe yourselves with humility towards one another and to spur one another to love and good deeds. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. It's a lot to work out. Fortunately, we don't have to learn it all at once. Fortunately, the Holy Spirit will help us, and um, the community of the church will help us. certainly has helped me. It's okay to have things to work on. We all do. Thanks to Christ, we have forgiveness when we fail. And you know, these scriptures aren't just for the church family, for people who aren't in the faith. Again, we can be right about something, but we need to also have gentleness, humility, and respect. And um, the last part is um, where you all come in and where I come in. It's helping other people work it out. Not only working it out in our lives, but coming along people who are trying to work it out and helping them. Um, when I grew up, I can think of the people who were faithful to the gospel and to what the mission was, whether they were pastors or lay people, and they helped me. Um, Dr. Hansen at Bible Baptist Church took me through the book of Revelation when I was 12. Um, and, and, you know, there were charts and all kinds of other stuff. They didn't have computers like they do now, but it was fascinating. It was interesting. And, and he taught it well. I, I really got the gist of it at the age of 12. And Pastor Calvin Witham, who, um, well, he was a singer before he was a pastor, and he, was, he, he could yodel. He was a really gentle guy and a really nice guy. And, um, and at that same church, there was Pastor Andy Peters, and he used to thump his Bible. He was a real um, hellfire and brimstone preacher. But when he was teaching the teenagers, and I was a teenager at the time, he was kind, but he gave us straight talk. 
And then Hal and Debbie Johnson were among the youth leaders that I had. They're the ones I remember the most. And uh, when I was a teenager, I was kind of the slacker that sat in the back and didn't seem to take things seriously. Um, that, that's who I was when I was a teenager. And they had to put up with that. Um, you know, after those first two years, my pagan years um, at the University of Massachusetts, um, I realized that um, I was a Christian, I needed to change, and I moved towards a path of obedience. And there, I was still working it out, but there were people who helped me. Um, there was John Tanner who was with the Lord, and he helped redirect me into uh, getting, trying to get into the habit of the study of Scripture. Um, Pastor Dave Sutter, who helped me further. Um, I had friends like John Grooms and, and Sandy Anderson who we discussed things. We were friends first, but we discussed things and sometimes even debated. I remember one debate I had with Sandy, and I remember it because she was right. <laughs> sometimes there were friends who would tell you when you were wrong, and they'd do it in a way that didn't make me feel any worse. And I am thankful for those people. Those are people who just brought me into my 20s. But there have been people since then. I've been trying to work things out. When I have gone in the wrong direction, they've helped bring me back. When I've been in the right direction, they've helped me walk better. And that's what we're called to do. And what does that look like? Well, some people are called to teach. Some a little, some a lot. And that's good. So some of you may not have taught before, but maybe you'll get your chance. Um, maybe with children. Uh, I recommend the children's ministry. It's a great place to start. Amen. You can start by being, you, can, you don't have to teach at first. I mean, there are roles that, there are people whose job it is to keep the kids safe, to keep an eye on things. We have those people. We have people who help the teachers. There's usually a pair, and one is more like the lead teacher, and the other one helps them. And um, I've taught eh, three, four, five-year-olds. You know, you really get to know a story when you have to teach it to a five-year-old. And you end up teaching more than you would think. There's, there's a story in the Bible of um, some friends brought a man who was paralyzed and lowered him through a roof. so that Jesus could heal him. Well, we had to talk about what paralyzed was. We had to talk about what blind was. We had to talk about what a widow was, so that they could understand the story. Um, I've learned things that I didn't know through the first 40-something years of my life. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I could have maybe listed half of them. Um, but because we have a song, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut, <laughs> I know them all. It, as a matter of fact, it, I had to kind of half sing it to myself just to get it. But, but at least I know them. Um, I, I try to fool the kids by throwing in cleanliness or maybe friendliness, but they, they catch me. They always do. 
So I recommend the children's ministry. It's one place that you can serve if you're not serving now. Um, other people won't want to serve in that way, but you'll still have the opportunity to help other people work out their faith as you're working out yours because you'll be a role model. I remember a lot of people growing up, not necessarily because they taught me, but because of my interactions with them. I was an usher for a while when I was a teenager. So um, the usher's here. Maybe there's a younger guy who's going to be an usher. There's an opportunity to, to have some good conversation. Um, somebody working in the nursery might have the chance to spend some time talking to a teenager who's in there helping. We have other ministries, VBS and um, Homeless. And there's always opportunities to come along as a fellow brother and sister in Christ. Get to know somebody, help them in their walk. Maybe they help you in yours. Um, because we're also imitators. We're not just people who are taught. We're imitators. And um, in 1 Corinthians 11, it's, Paul wrote, Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. And I have imitated friends. I have um, friends of mine, uh, Don and Linda Gallup. They actually attended Calvary Chapel Old Bridge, but they left in 93 and they went to the Bible College. And, and Don has since served in churches in Washington, California, and Nevada. And um, their faithfulness and their faith have, been an ins have really helped me. Um, part of the reason I'm here at a Calvary Chapel is because of them. When we were looking for a church, uh, came here. We heard about this church, and this is back when, when we were in South Brunswick. I, I thought to myself, well, if Don and Linda could be in a Calvary Chapel, it must be a pretty good place. I want to be that kind of person. Do you? I think you do. And um, it all starts with um, working it out for yourself, reading, listening, podcasts. I, whatever I miss in person, I listen to on podcasts for our church. Some people don't like podcasts. That's okay. Uh, some people don't like reading. You know, the Bible's on, on MP3s. The Bible's on CDs. There's a lot of ways to get scripture. And then when you hear something, if it bothers you, note it. I've started to do that. And um, I've started, there's a podcast of a friend I was listening to in, in, um, in First Peter where it says, cast your cares upon him. And I realized that it wasn't just cares that had to do with being persecuted for the faith. It had to do with any care. So if I was stressed about work or if I was stressed about something else, well, that's a care I can cast before the Lord. So I've been working on that lately. Um, could be other ways too. But look for opportunities that you can either formally or informally serve. 
Um, you can serve without being in something organized. You can serve just by coming along, along brothers and sisters and getting to know them and, and helping them. Maybe they just need somebody to pray with. So... Well, that's what I had. If it's short, I'm sorry. But um, if you're here and you don't know the gospel that we're talking about and the Jesus that we're talking about, um, he died for your sin, for my sin, for all of our sins on a cross, and he rose again after three days because... um, He was perfect. He was perfectly God and perfectly man. And when I trusted him when I was nine, um, or ten, my sins were forgiven, past and present. So even now, if I mess up, I know that I've got forgiveness. And if you would like that, then um, tell you what, it's a small group. Come see me afterwards, okay? Um, let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come and to serve and to have a Bible that we can read and to have people who can come and teach us and to have a church where our children can be taken care of. Lord, we just pray that um, our church would continue to be a safe place to learn about the gospel and to make disciples. Lord, just pray that everyone here...